We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast to bring you Listen, Watch, Discuss. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Listen, Watch, Discuss. As always, I'm your host, Bryn Aiken, and I'm back. Uh, I, if you listened to the previous episode, yeah, you'll know I reviewed uh, The Office in celebration of its you know, 10-year anniversary since it ended, um, and now I'm back for the second episode of today, which is, which you'll know what it is if you listen to the previous episode, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I will be reviewing in today's second episode, the 1999 teen rom-com, 10 Things I Hate About You. Uh, so I watched this movie for the first time uh, a week ago, because I had heard good things about the movie, and, but I never never really watched it. I just knew that, oh yeah, it's a, a classic teen comedy from, from the 90s. And I didn't realize that it was actually it actually came out the year I was born. So I, was, I thought it was cool that it came out in 99. And actually, it was released on uh, March 31st, 1999. So it came out uh, three mo- a little over three months before I was born. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Uh, I watched it for the first time last Sunday, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, yet another... I mean, I could see why it's a classic. It's a classic for a reason. I could see why people consider it a classic. Uh, it was just very funny. It had a lot of... You know, the humor was great. Uh, I loved the characters. I loved the dynamics that uh, they had with each other. The uh, relationships were really well built up throughout the movie, and you know, there's more than just the main relationship. There's, uh, there's actually like three relationships that we see throughout the movie. And, uh, you know, obviously like the one that gets the most attention is, is, uh, Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles, uh, characters relationship. But, you know, there, it's funny cause like, you know, uh, their relationship isn't really what gets the plot going. Like there, theirs is like probably the one that gets the most attention focused on it, but the main one, the the one we first start off with is uh Joseph Gordon Levitt's character's uh relationship with with uh or his character's relationship with Larissa Alinik Alinik Alinik's character. I'm sorry if I'm butchering her last name. I I probably am. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean if you don't know and okay, yeah, there obviously are going to be spoilers here, but the movie is 24 years old. Uh, yeah, 24 years old at this point. So if you haven't seen it, you know, the, uh, there's your spoiler warning. Uh, you know, go watch the movie and then come back and listen to this. But if you haven't seen it, yeah, if you haven't seen it and you still want to hear my thoughts on it and then you'll watch it anyway, then by all means, please continue. Uh, so yeah, the movie 10 Things I Hate About You is, uh, has a pretty interesting plot. I mean, it is a, a teen comedy, you know, takes place in a high school, but uh, it's unique kind of how the plot gets rolling, like, you know, the setup for the plot. So basically it's, uh, well, first it's, it's interesting because it's a, it's a retelling of, or it's a modernization of, uh, a William Shakespeare comedy, The Taming of the Shrew, but it's like retold in a late nineties American high school setting. So it's kind of, you know, it's a, it's interesting that it's a retelling of a <laughs> William Shakespeare story, but the plot is essentially about, uh, this new student, uh, Cameron, he's a new student at, uh, Padua High School in, uh, in Seattle, or the Seattle area, 
and he ends up falling in love. He ends up uh, gaining this crush on this girl, Bianca, played by, well, yeah, Cameron's played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Bianca's played by Larissa Alanik, Alanik, Alanik. I'll say Alanik. I'm, 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 that's probably wrong, but I'm going to go with it. And, uh, and she, uh, you know, he's like, I'd really like to go out with her, but unfortunately, uh, her father has a strict, you know, some strict rules when it comes to dating. Uh, really the main rule is that, well, you know, he's an overprotective, probably overbearing father, but, uh, his main rule with Bianca dating is that she can only date if her older sister, uh, Kat, played by Julia Stiles, uh, dates as well you know, cause she's older and, you know, probably wiser than her sister. Uh, unfortunately for Bianca though, her sister is antisocial and not really looking to date anyone at the moment. So, uh, Cameron and, uh, the, this, one of his friends, one of it, well, a new guy who he befriends pretty quickly on, uh, actually as soon as he gets there, cause he, you know, has a, someone who's, you know, he's like, oh yeah, you're looking for a tour guide. And he, uh, Michael is his name. He offers to tour him around. Uh, and he's kind of a geek himself. So he doesn't really, you know, he doesn't really have that many friends. He doesn't fit in that much. So, but you know, he's, he's given him the layout of the school and essentially, you know, when Cameron finds out that Bianca can't date unless Kat dates him and Michael decide to come up with this harebrained scheme to get the wheels turning, uh, for Kat to date. So they essentially, what they do is they, um, they talk to, the popular guy at school, Joey, and they get him to talk to, uh, they're, they're trying to figure out who would be on Kat's wavelength. Well, I mean, like who, who would be willing to go out with Kat. And so they get Joey to talk to, uh, uh, Patrick, who's the, uh, this Australian, uh, who's like the Australian bad boy, uh, at, at school. And, uh, they basically hire him to, they get Joey to talk to him and, and, Joey hires him to date, uh, or they, he hires Patrick to date Kat. You know, he pays him some money. He's like, Hey, show her a good time. And so he does go out with her and, you know, Cameron and uh, Michael are like, okay, while they're doing that, uh, you know, Joey's going to be focused on, you know, helping Patrick date Kat that we can have time to get you to ask out Bianca and go and, you know, start dating her. So, you know, it's a pretty interesting like set up to the movie. And, uh, you know, and, and not only do, like I said, not only are, uh, you know, cause at first Patrick's doing it for the money, but he does put on the charm pretty quickly with cat. And, you know, we see throughout the movie, them slowly, him slowly starting to fall for her and her slowly starting to fall for him. And the two are great. Like they have great chemistry and they're adorable. They're an adorable couple. It's sweet. Um, but not only do we get their relationship, but we also, obviously, because, you know, they, we set them up before Kat and Patrick, you know, we get Cameron and Bianca's relationship too, which is adorable as well. And not only that, we get a third relationship that comes in later in the movie when Michael asks out uh, Kat's friend, um, what was her name? Mandela. Yeah, she asks, uh, he asks Mandela, um... Uh, he asks Mandela to go to the prom towards the end, or, you know, uh, he asks her out towards the end of the movie. And, you know, we see, we see some scenes with them as a couple and, you know, they don't get as much screen time because they're introduced. I mean, you know, they start dating towards, you know, later on in the movie, 
but it's like, oh, cool. I mean, it was neat that the movie was able to set up three, not one, not two, but three cute relationships and make them feel fleshed out and adorable, you know? <laughs> and, and, and it's sweet too, uh, going back to their relationship, uh, Mandela or Michael and Mandela's relationship because he, uh, she is an aficionado of William Shakespeare. So Michael asks her out, uh, like in, in a Shakespeare type poem, like he lays a note on her locker asking her out in the style of a Shakespeare poem. And the, cause she, you know, she's kind of like deadpan and cynical, kind of like cat, you know, she doesn't really smile that much, but when she reads that poem, her face just lights up and it's the most adorable thing ever. It's like, oh, that's sweet. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's just a real, it's all three relationships, all three relationships in the movie are great. And, uh, and the acting from everyone's great too. And, you know, obviously this being a teen high school comedy, the teenagers aren't played by actual teenagers. Uh, they're played, you know, they are teenagers, but they're played by like 20 something year olds, but they look close enough to being teenagers. So, you know, it's, that's okay with me, you know? And, um, but yeah, I mean, they all do a great job. Like, uh, I love Julia Stiles as cat. You know, I love how, like, you know, how, how she stand like how she doesn't take anyone's shit and how like she stands up for herself and how much of a independent free thinker she is, you know, and, and her, uh, dynamic with, uh, Bianca is great too. Cause Bianca's like the pretty, maybe not popular girl, but I mean, she's one of the, she's kind of popular, but like, she's the very pretty, very kind of, I guess, bratty sister in a way, but like, they don't really write her in a way to where you hate her. You know what I mean? Like you get where she's coming from. Cause she really wants to date, but because of the rule that their father set up and, you know, because Kat doesn't want to date, you could kind of see why she's acting a little bit bratty and, and why her frustration with her older sister, you know? And, uh, but yeah, it's cool that, you know, we eventually do get to see, you know, we find out the reason why Kat, uh, hates Joey, uh, who, you know, Joe, uh, Bianca falls for earlier on in the movie and, you know, she tries to tell her, hey, uh, this guy is no good. And unfortunately for uh, her, Bianca doesn't listen to her. But what's cool is that, you know, because you think, oh, Cameron's going to have to win Bianca back from Joey or something. But, like, it's like a few minutes later where we start to see that she's getting tired of his bullshit. Because he's, he's like, they're at a party and he's, like, going on about his uh, his modeling gig. Uh, and it's, you know, we see very, you know, in that scene, like she's already tired of his shit and, uh, she leaves him, uh, with her friend, uh, chastity, chastity, uh, and, you know, goes and finds, uh, Cameron at the party and, you know, that, uh, he drives her back home and, uh, the two of them share a kiss, which was, uh, you know, adorable. <laughs> and that's kind of the beginning of when they start dating. And, uh, but yeah, and, you know, uh, yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's a great kind of underdog, and, you know, Cameron's a really great character. I like his friendship with Michael. They're both kind of, not social outcasts, but they are both kind of like the underdogs in a way, and they both end up getting a girl, you know, it's it's like, oh, it's sweet, you know, they both, (laughs) they both got someone, and, um, yeah, Larissa, Ala, Nick, you know, plays a good younger kind of bratty, younger sister, but, you know, again, one that has development and you see, you, you understand and see why she is kind of bratty and kind of, you know, uh, 
yeah, kind of pushy with her sister in a way, you know. Um, and, you know, she, yeah, she gets development too. Uh, the, yeah, Michael, the guy who plays Michael, um, David Krumholtz is great. Uh, Andrew Keegan was a great asshole. Like, he played a great, uh, uh, he was great as Joey because he's just like this douchebag, popular high school jock, you know, that thinks he's, that thinks he's hot shit. And, you know, I, I love the, his comeuppance he gets at the end of the movie, uh, <laughs> where Bianca just punches the shit out of him. That, that was fantastic. Uh, while they're at prom and, um, that was, fan- yeah, that was, that was great. But yeah, he played, he plays a great smarmy asshole. Um, oh, and uh, yeah, well, yeah, I, I talked about Julia Stiles. She was great. And, uh, last but not least, uh, Heath Ledger. Oh wait, also, who played? Oh, and Susan May-, May Pratt was great as Mandela. She doesn't get a whole lot of screen time, but what she gets, she's great as too. Uh, oh, and sorry, Larry Miller plays Bianca, Cat and Bianca's father. He does a great job too, and he has a lot of funny lines because again, he's this uptight, kind of overbearing father, but he he has a lot of funny lines about, <laughs> you know, like, don't get pregnant. You know, you like if you go to a party, you're gonna get pregnant, and obviously, I'm paraphrasing that. There's more. But, you know, like, that's the gist of, like, kind of his attitude on the whole situation. He's just worried that, you know, some guy's going to break uh, his youngest daughter's heart and get her pregnant and all that. And that she she should be focused on her schoolwork and, and everything. Uh, but, yeah, he has a lot of funny lines regarding his, you know, uh, Bianca dating. And, uh, yeah, but, la- okay, yeah, last but not least, uh, Heath Ledger. Uh, great job. I think this may have been his first movie... His first role, I want to say, I'm not quite sure. Uh, let me look. Let me check real quick. Okay, well, no, it was like his fifth role. Uh, but they they were kind of smart. Yeah, his first role was in the film, 1992 film Clowning Around. He played an orphan clown, which I'm assuming based on that that the role description, that that's like a minor character. Because, you know, I feel like if it was a major character, it would have a name listed next to it. But... Then he was in 97, he played Toby Ackland in Black Rock and Oberon in Paws. And then he was a patrol attendant in the 1998 movie, The Interview. So, but yeah, so, but this movie was like his first big breakthrough role, his first, you know, big breakout role. You know, he played Patrick Verona uh, in the movie, you know, and, and also it was not only was it a, um, you know, a big uh, breakthrough role for him, but it was also a big breakthrough role for Julia Stiles and Joseph Gordon-Levitt too, who went on to, you know, have pretty, uh, successful careers. And, but yeah, uh, Patrick, you know, uh, Heath Ledger does a great job as this character. You know, Patrick's a cool guy. Cause you know, at first, you know, you, you know, what we hear of Patrick before we really get to meet him is that, oh, he's a psychopath. And, you know, we hear all these rumors that everyone else in the high school, uh, have, you know, spewed about him, you know, that, that, you know, all the hot goss that's been going around about, you know, how dangerous of a, of a person Patrick is and, you know, how much of a loser shut in or not loser, but how much of a shut in and antisocial person he is. But, you know, and, uh, but when we get to meet him, he's kind of just like this cool, chill, laid back dude who, uh, you know, is charming and, you know, kind of gives that, uh, laid, well, you know, he kind of gives that laid back feel, you know, laid back attitude. And, you know, you, you see him and it's like, I feel like he'd be good for Kat. And obviously, you know, if you've seen the poster or the trailer for the movie, you kind of know it's like, oh yeah, well they get together 
or they're going to get try get together at some point. And uh, but they, I like their relationship. It's very well developed throughout the movie, and they have some great chemistry. The the not just the actors, uh, but the characters too. That they're or not just the characters, but the actors playing the characters. That uh, Heath and Julia have some great chemistry between the two of them. And uh, yeah, it was great seeing the two of them again. Like I said, the romance was well well developed, but the development of the the characters themselves, you know, uh, realizing you know, how much they actually do love each other, you know, was great. You know, like seeing Kat open up and, you know, find a boy that actually does like her and love her and respect her for who she is and cares about her uh, was great. And then seeing Patrick, you know, meet someone who, you know, likes him for him. And, uh, and, is, and, and again, like I mentioned earlier, is kind of on his wavelength in terms of, you know, like, you know, kind of the snarky attitude in a way, kind of the maybe slightly cynical attitude, but, you know, still, but still, you know, uh, deep inside them, you know, still a caring and respectful person to everyone around them, but, you know, but still not, not, uh, not taking anyone's shit when, whenever, you know, people, uh, walk over them, you know, they're, they're not willing, they're, they're willing to stand up for themselves, both of them. And, uh, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's nice seeing them grow as people, but also grow or grow. Yeah. In their relationship as a couple, but also grow as individuals too. And yeah, it's, um, I'm trying to think of what else to say about the movie. Uh, obviously I'm not going to go as long as my office review. Cause, uh, one I've, I've just watched the movie a week ago, so it's not as ingrained in my memory as something like the office where, you know, I've had five years worth of watching the show and reminiscing on the show, you know, I'm, I'm not as nostalgic for this movie cause I've only just seen it a week ago, but you know, um, but it is, it is a really good movie. Like it's up there with mean girls and, um, well, I'm trying to think of some other teen comedies. Mean girls is one of my favorite though, but it's, it's like on, it's like right there with mean girls as like being of, you know, that level of comedic genius writing and, uh, likable characters, you know, I guess Scream too. I mean, well, yeah, because yeah, Scream is kind of a comedy too. It's a horror comedy, but yeah, Scream had a uh, was you know a pretty good teen movie. It had a good, yeah, likable cast of characters, a bunch of teen characters who again were not uh, teenagers. They were like twenty something year olds, but again, it was close enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they they that was a great yeah teen movie too. And there's probably some more that I haven't seen or some that I have seen that I, I'm just blanking on at the moment. But that was a uh, you know, the, those, those two are great too. And, and then, and this one is, uh, you know, added to the list, uh, for me, you know, in terms of like another teen comedy that I, I really love and another good rom-com that I really love. It's a good, not only is it a good teen comedy, but it's a good rom-com as well. And, uh, yeah, uh, the, the, oh, and the cinematography is great too. Well, the, okay. Yeah. The soundtrack's great. A lot of, and even if I haven't heard the songs, you know, like I've, some of these I've heard for the first time in the movie, uh, they're pretty good. You know, I mean, they fit the tone of the movie well, being a late nineties, kind of a late nineties rock post grunge, uh, era and vibe of, you know, cause the movie takes place in Seattle. So a lot of, you know, indie rock and, you know, alternate rock and post grunge, you know, music is, you know, is filled, you know, is, is, uh, is ingrained in, in the soundtrack. Like there's a lot of that in the throughout the soundtrack. And I love the, uh, style of the opening credits when they're like showing the, 
the cast and like who directed the movie and all that. Because uh, it's like it has this very aggressive sketchbook type of uh, text to it, you know, like and it's very colorful. Like every every time it switches to a different name, it's like uh, the text is in yellow or it's in blue, and it looks like someone very aggressively sketched it out in colored pencil in a notebook. And I was like, oh, that's cool because they're in high school, you know, they're probably like you know teen angst, you know, a lot of teen angst in this high school, and you know, obviously, you know, when you get bored as a teenager, you just sketch random shit in your notebook, you know. Uh, so I'm like, oh, that, that kind of fits with the vibe and feeling of the movie too. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so that was great. And the, um, but yeah, the, uh, the, the cinematography in the movie is great too. Uh, there's a lot of great shots in the movie. Uh, I love the scene where Kat is, uh, dancing, like she's drunk as shit at the house party. She's dancing on the table to hypnotize by the notorious B.I.G., uh, which, you know, I thought, I was like, oh, she can dance pretty well too. <laughs> uh, but it was kind of cool seeing, I mean, she was drunk, but it was kind of cool seeing her let loose from her kind of antisocial, not stuck up, but like antisocial, uh, serious, deadpan, cynical kind of manner, you know? And uh, I was like, oh, that's fun. Uh, but yeah, that was cool. The the dance was cool. But like, it was, I think it was like a one shot take around the table and, you know, just her dancing. I was like, that was really cool. And, uh, there was a scene where, uh, you know, getting every, speaking about the house party, Cameron and Michael are trying to get everyone and school to go to the house party and they flow, flow, they throw a bunch of flyers in the air at which, you know, flyers inviting people to a party with flyers. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely 99. Cause nowadays people would just, you, you would just, uh, message, everyone on Instagram, like, Hey, you come into the house party tonight and everyone just reply. And, you know, <laughs> you just post about it on social media, but you know, back then you, you actually had to print out flyers and like hand them out throughout the school. But I mean, it was kind of cool seeing that. Cause it's like, Oh yeah. Like back in the old days, you know? Uh, but yeah, so, but they, you know, we see them throw the flyers in the air and they're like up on the, the, the last floor or the, the top floor of the school. And there's just this really, like, I wasn't expecting it, but it was just this really well, filmed beautiful shot of like, uh, the papers falling down, uh, f- in between the stairs. Cause you know, like the, the stairs leading up all the way to the top floor, you know, it's kind of, there's kind of like a, uh, not a spiral, but like a square rectangular spiral. And we see the papers falling down from the spiral. And we see like all the students looking up at, you know, as they're walking up and down the stairs, you know, we see them looking up at the flyers falling down and the camera like, like pans up to the top of the, the top floor where, uh, Cameron and, and Michael are standing, you know? And I was like, wow, that was a really great shot. It's just, it's just, and I think it like also kind of spins around as it's like going up, like very slowly spins, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm like, yeah, that was really cool. It's just, you know, a very well shot movie, very kind of like artistic, you know, beautifully shot, you know, for, you know, and you wouldn't really think that, given it's a teen comedy, not saying it would be shot terribly, but you wouldn't really expect those types of shots in a teen comedy, you know? Uh, so I really liked that. And also, um, I'm trying to think of, of what else there is to say about the movie. Uh, oh, I love their high school, uh, Padua high school. Cause again, yeah, it's in Seattle. It's this, it's like on the edge of a cliff or, you know, like you can see like the, the lake or the, or whatever, like, you know, uh, on the outskirts of the, school and we there's some shots in the movie where we get to see the whole school it's in its entirety 
and it's like, damn, that's a big school, like, it, like, it's like, it's, it's such a cool looking school, like, it's like this older, uh, looking building, uh, it kind of looks like a castle almost, and, uh, and the scene where I really started to realize, or where I, it really started to sink in just how big this school was, uh, for me, was the scene where, uh, Patrick is serenading, uh, <laughs> is serenading Cat during her soccer practice, uh, cause, you know, she's on the soccer, or she's on the football field, but they're practicing for soccer, and, uh, you know, she turns around, and, oh, and also, yeah, he, he paid the marching band to, to be his backing instrumentation, but he starts singing, um, the song, I Love You Baby by Frankie Valli, uh, and, yeah, he, he, he plugs, uh, you know, he hijacks the audio qu- uh, system, you know, at the, at the football field and he starts singing through a microphone and dancing like down the stairs and up the stairs of the, the, the arena, you know, or of like the, the stadium, you know, and it wasn't until that moment where I was looking around, I'm like, Jesus, how big is this? This, this is a big ass football stadium. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, they, cause, and then I realized I'm like, oh yeah, well, the, and then I looked back at the school again when, when we had another shot of the school and I'm like, yeah, this is a huge ass school. Like, and I'm like, I wonder what the turnout is for these football games too. Cause, uh, you know, I feel like with the, a school this big, there's probably a lot, it seems like there are definitely a lot of students. It's gotta be a lot of parents too. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it was, it, it was cool. Like just how huge that football stadium was and just, and I love that scene too. Just, uh, you know, obviously people probably say it's cheesy and corny and it kind of is in a way, but it also is sweet and romantic and, and just hilarious too. Just like him. <laughs> Cause we see Patrick like, again, like he's just doing these, this stupid dance, you know, kind of stupid dance, you know, and running up and down the stairs of the, of the, uh, you know, f- not the field, but the, uh, stadium, you know, and he's also, but then the guards see him and he's also trying to outrun the guards while finishing the song and uh we just see cat we cut back to cat and he's looking at cat to see what her reaction is and we cut back to cat every now and then and she just starts smiling and laughing and it's like oh that's sweet and uh but yeah it's just you know uh cute moments like that between the two of them make their relationship even better you know and uh develop their relationship really well and uh yeah you know we end the movie with all three of the couples uh you know together uh, and Joey gets his ass beat and we find out, and I won't spoil what, you know, happens with, uh, Joey. I mean, like, I won't, <clears throat> I won't go into <clears throat> like the, uh, any more specifics other than that, because it is interesting why Joey hates, uh, or why Kat hates Joey and why she doesn't want, why, you know, why earlier she didn't want Bianca to go with him. It's pretty interesting, you know, and it, and again, it, it, uh, when we find that, when we get that revelation, you know, we realize, oh, that's why Kat was acting that way to Bianca, or that's why, you know, th- yeah, that's, that's why this character was acting like this, you know, and it, it's, uh, and it develops their relationship, and, it, you know, their, their sister, the sisterly bond, you know, and it, and it uh, makes them grow even closer together, so I, I really liked that when we got to that review, I'm like, oh, that makes sense, that tracks, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, and I love the, Again, speaking of the cinematography, I'm assuming because it was 99, we didn't have drones at the time. I'm assuming they got, they filmed this while on a helicopter, but at the end they have the band, um, what band is it? The, uh, there's some band that 
it's like Cat's favorite band. Oh yeah, it's um, there's a Letters to Cleo, the band, the band Letters to Cleo, which is like one of uh, it's like Cat's favorite band. Uh, they're playing uh, I Want You to Want Me, uh, which is a cover of a yeah, it's a Cheap Tricks uh, cover of I Want You to Want Me. It's one of their songs. They're playing that on the school's rooftop during the closing credits. And then, uh, you know, it's like we, we do a 360 around the school. You know, we we zoom out and, and zoom in and, you know, the, just the band rocking out to that song as the credits are playing. And I'm like, I wonder how they got that. And it also made me wonder who were they playing for? I'm like, are they play? you know, because there's no one's up on the roof listening to them jam out. Like everyone's just leaving school like it's the end of the day. So it's like, are they playing for anyone who might hear them? Are they just you know, pent up rage, like they're just, are they just practicing or they just doing it strictly for the audience, you know? But I mean, obviously, you know, movie, it's like, it's movie. It's like the shot looked cool. That's why they had it. you know, they had the band. So it's like, why not have them play a song during the credits? But I just, it it got a kick out of me thinking about that. I'm like, who are they playing for exactly? You know, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, it was cool. And yeah, going back to the cinematography, that, that was a really cool shot of, you know, just, panning like doing a 360 around them and zooming in and out as they were jamming out to that song uh and also what was cool too at, at, after the credits we got a a or I guess it was still during the credits we got a blooper reel uh which I thought was cool because you know not a lot of movies especially comedies uh really do that that much anymore now you know um I mean you know nowadays whatever's during the credits it's uh, a po- <clears throat> it's a post-credit scene you know, uh, setting up the next movie, you know, whether it's like a superhero movie or really any movie in general seems to have taken the MCU formula of let's have a little post-credit scene at the end or a mid-credits and post-credit scene to tease the audience for the sequel or the next movie, you know, like get them coming back. Um, and you know, but, but yeah, it's, it's been a while since I've seen a movie, especially a more recent movie that, uh, well, I mean, not that this is recent, but it's been a while since I've seen like a recent comedy <clears throat> or any comedy or movie in general that had a blooper reel during the credits. And I like that. I, I, I do like blooper reels. They're usually pretty funny. And, and this one was pretty funny too. Uh, I enjoyed it. <laughs> but yeah, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I guess that, uh, oh, also cameo. We got a cameo uh, in the movie from Alice and Janney, who doesn't, I mean, she gets, you know, billing, in the credits, like, is, it's like, oh, like, she's going to be a main character, but she's not in the movie for too long, but she does have a few hilarious scenes throughout the movie, and, uh, she's basically just the, like, oh, and the, the teacher, uh, Kat's, uh, like, I guess, uh, like, poetry teacher, he's great just because of how much he gives a shit about the kid, just how little of a shit he gives about the kids, too, uh, but, but the, yeah, Ellis and Janney plays the, uh, guidance counselor, and she, you know, it's really like, oh yeah, whatever, you know, it's fine. Just do what you want. You know, she, she's not really that attentive of a guidance counselor, but there's this running joke where like, she's trying to, she, she's writing this erotic fan fiction, uh, or this erotic, I guess, it, yeah, I guess it's a fan fiction, but this erotic novel. And, uh, it's just like, she's just a, you know, just this horny, like middle-aged, maybe depressed <laughs> guidance counselor, just like, it's like, yeah, I don't really give a shit about my job. I just, if I could, I'd just stay home all day writing erotic novels. Uh, and then there's a, there's a line too, where Kat goes to see the guidance, goes to see her. And, uh, Kat gives actually when she, before she leaves, gives her a word that she ends up using for the novel. She's like, 
when Kat leaves, she's like, oh, I like that. And she adds it into the, <laughs> the, the, the text, she, or adds it into the book. So that was great. Uh, but yeah, so I liked the movie. I enjoyed it a lot. And I will definitely be, I, I could, I could see why it's considered a cult classic. Um, I'll definitely be watching this one for years to come. Uh, every few months or every year or so I'll, I'll start this one back up and laugh and enjoy it just as much as I did the first time. So, uh, but yeah, I guess, um, yeah, I guess that's all I have to say about the movie. Really. Uh, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Um, especially if you like other teen movies like, you know, Mean Girls or Scream (laughs) or any other teen comedies besides those two. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you like any of those movies, especially like Mean Girls, you know, you'll, you'll like, uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. So, but yeah, I guess, um, oh, and also, yeah, uh, rest in peace, Heath Ledger. You killed it in this performance. You killed it as the Joker in The Dark Knight. You know, you will be missed. And you are missed, you know. Uh, but yeah, he did great. Because this is the only other thing I've seen him in, uh, besides the Joker, you know, is his role as the Joker in The Dark Knight. And I was like, wow, he did a great job here, too. Um, but yeah, so, I, yeah, that's pretty much it. And uh, yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed uh, both of today's slash tonight's episodes. Well, it's as the time at the time I'm finishing my recording of this episode, it's only 4.38, so I guess it's still technically daytime. Uh, but I hope you guys enjoyed today's, both of today's episodes. And um, that does it for tonight. Uh, I will be back next Friday uh, for, I think I'm going to do, yeah, I'm going to do another casual entertainment discussion. Uh, because, you know, I enjoyed doing the first one so much, and I was, but I was wondering which week would be good to do it. Uh, another one of these of those episodes because I'd kind of had something scheduled for every week, but I realized I didn't have anything that I wanted to review for next week. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do it. You know, next week will be perfect. So uh, next Friday I'll be talking about in the second episode of you know these casual entertainment discussions. I'll be talking about the writer's strike that's been going on this past month. You know, ever since. I want to say the first day was like May 2nd is when it started. So I'll be talking about that and uh, the ramific- possible future ramifications of that and what's been going on in terms of that whole deal, you know, that whole uh, thing. And also, you know, uh, what happened in the past because this uh, writer's strike has happened before. Uh, but I'll, I'll talk about that next Friday. So uh, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's t- or today's two episodes. I hope you all have a great weekend. And, uh, I will be going on vacation next week, so I'm going to have a great week next week. I'll be off for, well, I'm off today because, uh, yeah, we're off Fridays for the next few, next month or so, I guess, or a few months. Uh, but yeah, so I've got a nice, like, 11 days off. Uh, but yeah, I will see you guys, uh, next week. Hope you have a great weekend and a great week and until next Friday and I'll, I'll see you next Friday and until then, take care.